Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to the Tell Me Other Podcast. I'm Logan, and here today is uh, with me is Andrew, and this is our third time doing the introduction. Gotta love technical difficulties, huh, Andrew? You know, I still don't understand why I have better wireless pickup from my neighbor's house than I do my own house. <laughs> I, have, I have a conspiracy theory that it's like because I use AT&T's wireless service, they purposefully make it shitty. <laughs> it's a distinct possibility. I, I don't know. I, uh, I, I was, I've really struggled with AT&T in general, but I, I, I don't know. I, sometimes magically it'll work and sometimes it don't. Uh, but anyway, we're here to talk about college football. Uh, so right now we're watching Maction. Uh, which game do you have on, Andrew? Uh, I actually don't have one on because I'm not sure if my internet can handle trying to stream the game and doing this. So <laughs> I've just got the, uh, the ESPN score updates going. I gotcha. All right. Well, in that case, uh, let's talk about some football that we did see. I am interested to talk about Maction and the Pac-12 being back this week. But uh, last week, there were some football games. Uh, I'm not even going to talk about the Georgia Tech game. That was probably one of the, you know, for a game that wasn't even that big of a blowout, that was probably one of the worst games I had ever watched us play, especially on offense. You can talk about it if... You can talk about it if you want, but I I don't have anything to say other than... uh, that was the game that finally they've been sending me those weekly updates on SB nation asking me like, how do you feel about the direction that tech is going in? And that was the game that finally made me go like, nah, we're going in the wrong direction, bro. (laughs) This is, this is all downhill from here. Yeah. It was, it was one of those weird games where as soon as Notre Dame got a lead, you knew you weren't going to win the game. Uh, It was just, you know, the lead never got, Super, super high. You know, they only won thirty-one to thirteen, which is pretty one-sided. But you could argue it was pseudo closer than the score. But I think as soon as they scored, I was like, "Well, we're not going to do anything in this game." Yeah. Well, I think for me, it was more just I thought we could keep it interesting, especially how our defense defense didn't actually look terrible. But gosh, the offense was just so bad. I think we only had like. 30 or something yards in the first half. It was really ugly. It was miserable. But anyway. I mean, seven points was on a fumble six, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I guess the defense kind of er- was trying to earn those jerseys. I don't know if they fully did, but, uh, yeah, it just it was not a pretty game. Um, But, yeah, back to the other games. I guess the big two that I want to talk about, uh, Clemson going without Trevor Lawrence against Boston College. I think that was a lot closer than I would say pretty much everyone was expecting it to be. Now, you and I have been pretty hype on Boston College, so I was expecting them to challenge. I wasn't expecting it to be that close to an upset, but maybe that's what happens when you don't have your star quarterback in that position. Uh, I don't know if you've watched the game, but uh, what are your thoughts kind of looking at it? From- it was an interesting game. Because I don't think the Clemson offense missed much of a beat with Uyangale instead of Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he's not Trevor Lawrence, especially with what he can do pre-snap and kind of how he reads the defense. But Uyangale's got an absolute howitzer for an arm. I mean, I watched the guy in a, uh, a high school all-star game just throw far hash out cuts like an NFL-level quarterback, and it blew my mind. 
But, you know, I think the defense struggled early, but then obviously shut them out in the second half. I think this was definitely a game of second half adjustments. Um, the defense, I think the offense also struggled early in a way because they were settling for field goals that would normally be touchdowns if they had Trevor Lawrence in there. And I think that's just lack of confidence from the QB himself. I don't even know that they were that worried about it. Um, but yeah, the defense obviously going from giving up 28 in the first half to giving up nothing in the second half, they definitely made some serious adjustments. That's just good coaching. Um, and I think it was, they got what they needed to win the game. If God, I couldn't pronounce Tagovailoa, Voiloa, and I'm not going to be able to pronounce Uyangale either. Uyangale. Is that, wait, what? Okay, whatever. But yeah, yeah, there's an inn that shows up somewhere that's not in the, in the name. The, a silent inn. Yeah, great. Like, it's not in the spelling, but I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Uyangale. But in, did, in, you, did, you watch, did you watch any of game? I watched the first half, and I watched the very last quarter. I didn't watch the third quarter because that was kind of where Clemson got back into gear. And I'll, I'll be honest, that was kind of what I was expecting to happen. I was like, okay, this is great. Boston College has got a lead. They're going to blow it, and I'll come back to watch the exciting ending. And so, yeah, that was basically how it played out. So, Yeah, they kept showing Uyangale's dad. who was apparently like a professional bodyguard for celebrities, so it was kind of cool. He was big. Yeah. And he's a big dude. Um, but no, I think uh, I think overall, I think Clemson will be uh, doing v- much more confident going into the Notre Dame game. I I just was kind of taken aback by how long it took Oyungale to adjust, but he got there, and that's all that matters. Um, do you feel like Trevor Lawrence, seeing that performance, will feel obligated to get back on the field? Because at this point... I don't think so. At this point, I'm kind of like torn as to whether or not he should even try to finish out the season. Like, if you miss these games going into the last few games, maybe just let Uyungle take it. You already know you're going to be a top draft pick. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, though. I know you. you yeah, have... I mean, the big thing is about wanting another national title. Yeah. You know, I think, I think that's where, you know, Trevor Lawrence is the kind of guy that's going to that's going to play to try to win that. Not necessarily. He definitely does seem like a pretty selfless guy, which is really cool. So I definitely think he's the one that's going to try to get back and want to get back. But Dabo was really, really specific about, yeah, we're following protocols. We're doing what we're supposed to do. And, yeah. You know, he's, he's not going to play. Like, he's not going to play this week. Yeah. I mean, I don't think, I don't think they're going to rush him back. I'm just coming from more of a standpoint of a lot of, a lot of pundits are suggesting he should essentially just wait out the rest of the season and take the money. And personality-wise, he doesn't seem like the person to type of person to do that. But at the same time, if he decided to make that uh, move, I, I wouldn't complain too much. I mean, he's done a lot for this program. And if you're going out, essentially the last big game until the championship is this next week against Notre Dame. Uh, I don't know that I would even try to kind of do something unless he he felt obligated to try and win Clemson another national championship, which I don't know. He's a cool dude. I I don't know if that's his takeaway. Um, I know you've also always had a strong opinion about uh, 
kids trying to sit on the bench because I think you've always been in favor of kind of letting the guys play. But uh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's a complicated situation because I think a guy like Trevor Lawrence, who does still have things to play for, you know, if, if let's say you hypothetical world, you, you drop Trevor Lawrence on a 2-5 and five Georgia Tech team, okay, dude, like, go get that money. Uh, I'm not going to... It's why it's really interesting is we've seen guys opt out of bowl games, and we've seen the guys that aren't playing in the New York Six or playing in the playoffs kind of be like, this is a glorified scrimmage. I really don't want to come. I really don't want to play. I mean, that makes that makes more sense. The fact that he doesn't have anything, if he didn't have anything to win, if he was uh, BYU's quarterback, maybe, then you kind of think about it. But yeah, no, I got where you're coming from. Um, so the other game, which oddly enough was on at the same time, <laughs> Michigan, Michigan State, which makes me question everything I know about Michigan State now. Like, what? How did? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I. Go ahead, take it. I think I think I saw their loss to Rutgers. They fumbled the ball seven or eight times and lost all of them. So I really think that's what you can probably chalk that Rutgers loss up to. To me, this is just a bigger indictment of, of Jim Harbaugh. I mean, yeah, I guess he's gotten Michigan better than they were before he was there, but has he gotten them to what Michigan wants to be? Well, there's a lot of theories that Michigan just tanked the first game. Uh, prepping purely for Michigan, just uh, or sorry, Michigan State tanked it just to get see if they could prep for Michigan and win. Uh, I, I, yeah, I guess my takeaway from this game was kind of like with the Georgia Tech game. I didn't know what Michigan was doing on offense half the time. Obviously, they performed better, but they seemed to really struggle with clock management and with. I think just controlling the ball. They would score, but it was in spurts, and they just didn't they didn't run the same way that uh, Michigan State was with a consistent kind of grind it out, let's take some time. But, yeah, I, I don't know what to make of this for Jim Harbaugh. People are saying that we shouldn't be so hard on him, but, like, dude, you're one of the highest-paid coaches in the country, and you're fucking blowing it against – Michigan State, not to mention Ohio State, uh, I I think he definitely deserves some uh, to get a little burned. You, I don't know who they would replace him with, but I think the, the seat's as hot as you can get at a program like Michigan. Yeah, I think that's the interesting thing is, look, he's 48 and 19 at Michigan, which any other school in the country is going gonna, is gonna to take that record and be, I mean, I'd be happy with it. He's won 10 games three times. He's never won less than eight. Um, I mean, the problem is I don't think – I don't think he's ever won the division. No, because he has to go through Ohio State, and he's always lost. He's never, he's never beaten Ohio State. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's my thing is as a Michigan fan or fan base, you're going to have to start asking yourself, what do we want Michigan to be, you know, how do we want Michigan to be? Because the other side of it is you keep hearing this, you know, that Michigan getting out of jail free if the NFL comes calling for Jim Harbaugh again. Why would they, though? I don't... Uh... Dude, because he went 44-19 and 19 in the NFL. 
Like his worst season, he went eight and eight. So maybe he just he, was, he, made, he made two NFC Championship games and a Super Bowl. Now he lost all three of them. I mean, <laughs> I don't know why he left the 49ers to begin with, but I mean, maybe uh, maybe he's just one of those coaches where he's better acclimated to the pros. Like I don't, I don't know. Was, the reason he left the 49ers was there was a huge falling out with him and the ownership, and uh, it was just weird. Okay, well, I'll take your word for it. But yeah, I mean. I, suffice to say, I I have not been impressed with what he's done in Michigan. Now, it is, as you pointed out earlier, it's kind of like we've, way back when, we talked about how Nebraska had the 9-3 and three syndrome. That's kind of what Michigan's dealing with right now, where it's like, yeah, this is not what your program is satisfied with because a program like Michigan shouldn't be having nine and three seasons, but at the same time, who are you going to replace him with? Cause that's still one of the best records in the, uh, in college football from, you know, if you're just looking at every other team in the country. So I, I, I don't know who they would replace him with, I guess is what it comes down to. And if they could yeah. even have the same success that Harbaugh's having. Yeah. I think that's one of the most interesting things is do you run him off? and have to deal with who's going to replace him. Because if you fire him, not a lot of coaches are going to want to take that job because they're going to question how much support you're going to have from the institution. Now, again, if the NFL comes and plucks him up, that's a completely different system. You know what would be funny? If they had like a backroom deal going on with Urban Meyer and they just pick him up. <laughs> <laughs> like this is all been... This has all been one giant plot to get Urban Meyer to Michigan. Oh, my gosh. Um, but, no, I, I I don't know. That'll be interesting. I don't think they'll do anything until the end of the season unless he just implodes. But, uh, yeah, I agree. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see how that plays out. Um, yeah, and we kind of touched on it last week. There weren't a lot of interesting games. Um, there were probably a few disappointments, uh, but – for the most part, Texas beating Oklahoma State. Not sure if you caught that, but Oklahoma State just yeah. stopped being able to move the ball at a certain point. I, I don't know. Uh, Chubba Hubbard, They I think Texas also kind of put an emphasis on shutting down Chubba Hubbard and or Chuba Hubbard, depending on how you pronounce it. And uh, that was really where Oklahoma State just struggled. They, they just – could not move the ball as efficiently without Chubba Hubbard, you know, blowing up the game. So I think that he's probably out for the Heisman and Oklahoma State's probably out for the Big 12 championship now. So this is – Big 12 has now become even more of a big mess. Uh, yeah, I, I think this almost put the nail in the Big 12 to the playoff coffin. I – Personally, I was thinking it was back when Texas and Oklahoma kind of knocked each other out. Now I'm even – I don't see a, a way. I, I think I think you could make the argument if you had an independent, an independent, an undefeated Oklahoma State. I think you could have made the argument they picked up enough wins to make the playoff. But now your best hope, again, is, is a one-loss Oklahoma State, which to me just isn't going to carry the – the wins and the the gravitas necessary to really argue 
hey, we should be here as a one-loss conference champion. Yeah, I was going to argue Iowa State, but they lost to Oklahoma State. There's nothing you can do about that. They, they also lost to Lafayette. Well, I think you could make an argument for a scenario where you lose your first game of the season in a season like this. Weird things happen. And then you go down the road and you beat everybody else. I think you can make an argument. But you can't you, – you, at that point, you got to run the table. You can't lose any I other think, matches. I think the problem you're going to run into is we're going to have an undefeated Alabama and a one-loss Texas a I would love to see that over Georgia, frankly. I would love to see Texas a I think we're going to have that. Uh, I think we're going to have an undefeated Ohio State. That, that I'm almost – we're going to have an undefeated Clemson. We're going to have a one-loss Notre Dame. Maybe a two-loss Notre Dame because they probably are going to make the ACC title game. I do have another scenario I want to throw out to you, but uh, I think we'll talk about it more once we get to the uh, Clemson-Notre Dame game. And I guess uh, there's a few other ones. Indiana beat Rutgers, but Rutgers looked pretty good. 21 points in that game. Closer. closer than the points made it look. Uh 37 to 21, but uh, Rutgers, of course, struggle with some turnovers, and I think they did have some, they did ha- risk having a uh, comeback at the end there, and it just kind of fell apart. Uh, watch that stupid play. Uh, what was it, 4th and 35 or something with like a million laterals? Y'all can look up the video on YouTube. Uh, BYU. Uh, Maryland beat Minnesota. Yeah, that was also a tough one for me because I'm a big uh, P.J. Fleck fan, so that was rough. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, there was a team. Uh, Cincinnati beat Memphis pretty big. Uh, There was a – Carolina beat Georgia State pretty big. I got to lean in. There was a team in the state of North Carolina. I think they lost. Never happened. Uh, Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. Duke and Charlotte. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, Duke and Charlotte. That's the one we're talking about. East Carolina lost too, actually. Uh, yeah, East Carolina lost to Tulsa, so So we had a few, yeah. Um I yeah. think yeah, to talk about the UNC UBA game, I think it's the same thing that happened to Florida State. Uh UNC struggled defensively early and too a little too late trying to come back. Well and it's I, this was also what the pundits were talking about, is that if you're going to go into a matchup like that, you've got to be ready to go from the beginning because Lord knows you got the talent for it, so you shouldn't be playing around with your food, as it were. And I didn't actually watch this game because I had confidence in North Carolina. I'm sorry I'm sorry for that terminology. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't watch it, so you would have to tell me what happened. But, I mean, that's... Sure seems to be the case. Sam Howell put up ridiculous numbers, though. Kind of sad. Yeah, I mean, they, the defense struggled early, and they came hot too late. Oh, well. That's that's going to be their curse the next few seasons, uh, I'm afraid. All right. But uh, let's go ahead and move on to this upcoming week uh, of football. Obviously, we got a few big matchups. I talked about it. The Mac is back, and they're uh, playing Wednesday, which is our favorite thing because that means we get football essentially every day of the week. And the Pac-12 is back, which I honestly didn't see coming. So that caught me off guard. But with all that said, I do want to start probably my most interesting game this week 
I, I know that people want to talk about Clemson Notre Dame, but the game I'm most interested to see, number nine BYU versus number twenty one Boise State. <laughs> Both teams undefeated. Uh granted Boise State's only played two games, but uh I think this will obviously be for the Mountain West, and I think this is the game that BYU yeah, is not the Mountain West. Damn it. They're independent. Yeah, I I think BYU, though, if they win this game, uh, it starts becoming a question, especially if you reschedule the Army game, because that's just postponed right now. They might make it into the top five. This is a possible team that might end up in the playoffs, but they got to beat Boise State. And Boise State is, as we've <laughs> talked about in the past seasons, a very tough challenge. Uh, I don't know. BYU is currently favored by three points, but. I don't know what you're thinking in terms of this matchup, Andrew. Do you think this is a BYU team that if they win big, they might be able to squeeze themselves into the playoff? Especially given the, uh, you know, Big 12 failure. I'm all out of love. We lost Andrew, so I'm going to sing a bit. I'm all out of love. I'm hey, so you have back? Yeah, you're back. That was, yeah, sorry. I was I was saying it's it's the mad world where we have an undefeated Coastal Carolina, an undefeated Cincinnati, and an undefeated BYU. We could also have an undefeated Liberty if. Uh, <laughs> yes. No, because Liberty and Coastal play each other. Oh damn it! I keep forgetting about that game. But yeah, I yeah. mean, I think BYU has put up enough numbers where they might convince some people, especially if Army continues to win and that game against Army ends up somewhere on their schedule, that could be huge for them. Um, I Honestly, I think the G5 space is Cincinnati's to lose. I just don't... Well, because technically they're independents, so for counting them like Notre Dame, I think that they might have more of a say than a G5, necessarily, but... It's That's tough. where you get into this weird world of, of Notre Dame makes everything stupid. <laughs> they do make everything stupid, but now they're in the ACC, so I guess they get more of a shot than other people. I don't know. Well, you know, I mean, you look at it, you're going to have, if Cincinnati wins out, they'll have a win over a ranked Army, they'll have a win over a ranked SMU, they'll have a win over a pretty good UCF team, they'll have a win over Memphis and Houston, who I think we think are decent at least. Yeah. So, eh, yeah, that's true. So, Cincinnati, if they run the I don't, I don't think they're doing a championship game in this conference US or in the, the American this year. Well, they're definitely not doing one in as an independent. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be a tough call. I think it'll just come down to who is putting up the more impressive numbers. Um, because, frankly, Zach Wilson is Heisman material right now. I, I don't know... I haven't looked at Cincinnati's stats, so I don't know who their guy is. I assume it's the quarterback or the running back. That's kind of... It's Ritter is really kind of what stirs their team. So, I mean, we'll see, because I think that um, if they can kind of continue to develop and continue to blow it out, it might just be Cincinnati. It's tough, though. Um, Other matchups. So, let's uh, go down the line. Uh. We talked about Liberty, so I do want to give a real quick shout-out. Do you think Liberty can beat Virginia Tech in Blacksburg? 
No. Cool. All right. We talked about it. Uh, I mean, it would be kind of cool if they did, but Virginia Tech's a 14 and a half point favorite, and I think they're kind of hitting their stride. So. Well, I don't even know who Liberty's played up to this point uh, to earn being ranked number 25. I think the toughest. Sarah, I mean, Syracuse might be their best win. Yeah, their toughest opponent was probably Western Kentucky, if we're being honest. So, yeah. Um, let's see. Who else we got? North Carolina Duke. So, I think North Carolina should have a pretty comfortable runaway on that one. But uh, yeah. we've said that before. All right. Rolling on down. So, I guess the other – the big matchups this week going to Jacksonville – for the world's largest cocktail party, which would probably be like five people this year. But um, Florida and Georgia. Uh, Georgia's favored by three and a half points. Both teams have looked good at moments and looked bad at moments. So I don't really know what to take. Obviously, I, I kind of am hoping for Florida to win the game. And I do think Kyle Trask is a better quarterback overall. But I could see this game going either way. Um, and I could also see both teams walking away with major cases of COVID. Um, that's just my <laughs> expectation. What are, you, what are your thoughts on this matchup, Andy? I, I heard a rumor on the radio today that this game's actually being played in Athens. Says Still, uh, still says Jacksonville. Yeah, everything that I'm seeing says it's still in Jacksonville, so I'm not really sure what's going on there. I think they just – I think they did what we do. They saw the team on the bottom was Georgia, and they're like, oh, yeah, they're playing it in Athens this, without realizing it's a neutral field. That's just what I'm going to assume. That's just a weird game because Georgia's not very good on offense, but they're very good on defense. And Florida, pretty good offensively, not great defensively. So it'll be kind of a strength-on-strength week-on-week match. I think Florida's probably going to want to do what – Alabama did is, is makes sense to benefit you. That's what makes sense. It makes the most sense. I mean, I don't know. God, I feel like I would have to give the edge, as much as it pains me to say, I would have to give the edge to Georgia just because I think Kirby's a better coach. But this game could really go either way. It's it's a met, That's going to be a tough one to watch. Um. I think if Florida can figure out the running game to take some of the pressure off Trask, I think they could be more successful. Um, but, gee, I don't know. Uh, I just hope Georgia loses. Let's stick with that. That's that's what I'm yeah, thinking. Yeah, I mean, in, 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 in a world with a just God, Georgia loses. <laughs> Georgia loses. Yes, there we go. Uh, Oklahoma State, this one is actually on the road uh, at Kansas State. They should bounce back pretty easily. I don't expect yeah, anything. Yeah, they're going to have one Yeah, I don't think anything too crazy about that. Um, uh, so in the Pac-12, do we want to highlight it? Do you want to highlight any matchups? I think Oregon Stanford's the only one with a ranked team. That's because Oregon's ranked 12, and I don't know anything about either of those teams. Uh, everybody's expecting Oregon to win. That's the only thing I know. I do want to highlight... Uh, it might upset you. I don't know since Mike Leach isn't there anymore. But an interesting one that I saw, Oregon State favored over Washington State. And I was like, what? <laughs> they really don't like Washington State after Leach left, I guess? I don't know if they had that much of a talent downturn. 
But yeah. Yeah, I I kind of lost you there for a second, but yeah, you know, I think. Uh, what were you What were you saying about Washington State? Or- I, I like I like Nick Rolovich, the coach that Washington State hired. He did a good job with the program at Hawaii. So I'm not really sure why they'd be. Uh, but again, like I don't know anything about any of these teams. So you know, like Utah's a two touchdown favorite against Arizona. Uh, I guess a ranked USC is a ten and a half point favorite against Arizona State, but I'm pretty sure that Herm Edwards was pretty decent last year. Well, and then another one, which of course you know they lost Pearson up in Washington, but Cal was favored over Washington, which was like if you said that last year, you'd be like, "What are you talking about?" This the Pac-12 is going to be very strange this year, not just for COVID, but there's been a lot of coaching changes, and I think that's going to throw a wrench in. A lot of things. Um, also, it is, I guess it's probably not as weird for them, but yeah, the noon kickoff, Eastern time for Arizona State, USC. What is that, 9 a.m.? I, I, wow, yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's a 9 a.m. kickoff for them, isn't it? Ooh, that's going to be weird. I'm, I'm watching that game. It's getting put on this to watch. <laughs> that's that's going to be weird. That's going to be tough. <laughs> Um, yeah, talk about <laughs> pack after dark. No, this is like pack before a lot, dawn. This is crazy. Um, yeah, let's see. I mean, the Big Big Ten, there's not a lot to highlight because I think uh, after last week's matchup, I think most of the ranked teams have been getting kicked out except for Ohio State. So, uh, Michigan, Indiana's a ranked 23 and 13. Uh, this will actually, I think, be a big you know, if Indiana can keep rolling here and maybe actually challenge Ohio State and give them somebody to play. Uh, you get an undefeated Northwestern, which is kind of cool. You don't see that very often. Yeah, I think um, Northwestern is really going to be something to watch out for this year, whether you want to admit it or not. I think they could actually – and I th- uh, part of it's probably just because of how bad most of the West started out, but I think they could be a potential monkey wrench in the system out West. We'll see. Indiana, I don't know. It's not because of Indiana because I think Indiana is very good and very talented, and they're getting Michigan at home. I My problem is, like, what Michigan team is going to show up? Is it going to be the Michigan team that – you know, came in and beat Minnesota handily, or is it going to be the Michigan team that stumbled against Michigan State at home? Like, I don't even know what to think of Michigan anymore. Uh, All right, uh, Air Force Army. So that's going to be the first one of the Commander-in-Chief trophy, right? Or did – no, Air Force Army played Navy. Air Force Army played Navy. This one will actually decide it. Um, If Air Force wins, they win the CNC. Um, if Army wins, they have to beat Navy to win the CNC. What happened? What happens in a three-way tie? Uh, the the team that had it retains it, which I believe is Navy currently. Okay. Yeah, it's Navy. So Navy's got a lot to play for, assuming Army wins this game. <laughs> yes, uh, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, that could be interesting. Army is favored by six points. Uh, I honestly haven't watched any of the Air Force games, so. You'd have to... I watched a little bit of Air Force Navy, but it got out of hand quickly, so I changed it. Yeah, I I honestly don't know much. I know Army's looked really good. Um, so if you had to te- yeah. tell me to pick somebody, I would pick Army. But yeah, I, I I genuinely don't know. Air Force has been on the field so little. 
All right, so with all that in mind, let's get to the matchup we actually want to talk about. Uh, Georgia Tech doesn't have to play anybody this week, so we can talk about that. That makes me super happy. (laughs) I'm not going to get a bad mood from a loss. Exactly. (laughs) I don't have to. I don't have to worry about like when to turn off the TV this weekend because I can just be. Or like which which game I'm going to flip to. Yeah. Like oh god. Um. But no, I think the real game is, of course, uh, Clemson Notre Dame, one versus number one versus number four. So uh, I think there's a lot riding on this game, especially for Notre Dame, because if Notre Dame beats Clemson, I think it's pretty much um, it sets Notre Dame up in a very comfortable spot for making the playoffs. Uh, the argument. And this was the – remember I told you I was going to throw a scenario at you. I think a lot of people are arguing that if Clemson loses this game without Trevor Lawrence and then he comes back and Clemson plays and beats Notre Dame again in the ACC championship, Clemson has a good argument for making the playoff spot. What are your thoughts on that? Or do you even think they have a chance of losing this game? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that would absolutely give them a chance to to make the playoff because it would show that they beat the only team that beat them. And obviously the Trevor Lawrence not being there is going to play into that. You know, it, it all, again, it all gets weird because you don't know what anyone else is going to do. Yeah, no, let's let's have that fun situation where not only do we have a one-loss Clemson who's only lost to Notre Dame, who's also one-loss who's only lost to Clemson the second time, and then you have a one-loss Texas A&M you have an undefeated Alabama. You have an undefeated Ohio State. You have an undefeated Cincinnati. You have an undefeated BYU, and you have an undefeated Coastal Carolina. Uh, then the playoff committee adds more teams to the playoff system, right? I think that's what you're arguing for. <laughs> um, I mean, I have I've always been a firm believer in you. You expand the playoffs to where. Conference champions get an auto bid from the G from the P five. You have a G five auto bid, and you have two at large bids. You're what eight teams? And uh, you're eight teams. Yeah, that's eight. Bam. And you, you seed them one through eight, and you play the games. Yeah, I'm, I would be fine with that, but uh, maybe that helps assist the argument if uh, the season plays out like we you you describe. Sadly, I don't think that a lot of those teams are going to make it undefeated, but uh, just from what I've seen in past seasons. But if it does happen, I think you've got a solid discussion to have there. Um, As far as the game itself, though, Clemson's favored, uh, Clemson versus Notre Dame. Clemson is favored by six points or five and a half points, despite playing on the road against Notre Dame. So I think uh, most people are expecting despite not having Trevor Lawrence, I think they're still expecting Clemson to win the matchup. I guess that's based on the defense. Or maybe they saw the game against uh, Notre, Notre Dame had against us last week, and they're like, well, Clemson beat those guys by, like, 77 points. Like, what, what the hell? I don't know. What? I, I think the thing about Notre Dame, the problem is, is you can get good and bad Notre Dame. So, you know, you can get bad at Notre Dame that beat Louisville 12-7. to yeah, well, I'm, I'll be honest. Even when I was watching, 
So I feel bad for saying this because it was an ugly loss for us. Watching the game last week, the reason I didn't like the loss was because I kept watching and I was like, Notre Dame is not that good. Like, they're really not that good. Like, with Clemson, it's just like, okay, yeah, Clemson's better than us. It's fine. Notre Dame, it's like, we could win this game if the offense would fucking move the ball. Sorry, I'm, I'm letting some of my anger show. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, my point stands. I'm like, gosh, I just don't think Notre Dame deserves to be ranked fourth in the nation. And maybe this is just my general bias against Notre Dame, but, like, in the games I've watched them play so far this year, I have not been uh, as impressed as I probably should be. Uh, I don't know if you agree with that sentiment, but uh, they're probably their best win was against USF, where they just destroyed them. But you can't argue against like twelve to seven Louisville. What what the hell happened there? They didn't look great against Duke. I mean, and Duke, of course, turned the ball over fifty times. I I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing is they just they haven't looked nearly as impressive to me as Clemson. Even Clemson with Uyangale. Well, yeah, I mean, his, his stat line was 30, 30 for 41 for 342, two touchdowns in the air, a rushing touchdown. He did have one fumble. But, I mean, to me, he reminds me a lot more, and I think ACC Network kind of hit on this, he reminds me a lot more of Taj Boyd. Yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You know, he's, like, Trevor Lawrence is, is decent with his legs, but Uyangale is, is very, very good as a runner. He's much more physical in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah he's like 6'5", 240. Like, he's huge. Um, yeah. I mean, in some ways, I haven't seen him play enough to make that comparison. But in some ways, you could say he's more like a Dwayne Haskins or even a Cam Newton. But Cam Newton, yeah. I, I, but I haven't seen enough games to make a valid comparison there. So, yeah. Uh, we'll see. I do think that if he comes out and really looks good in this game, it'll do well for him going into the next season. Uh, definitely put him on the top. But, yeah, I mean, let's let's talk about what do they have to do to win the game. Uh, what is, Clemson, I think, just has to be Clemson. What does Notre Dame have to do to shut down Clemson? I guess... Uh, force, force a lot of turnovers. I, uh, I mean, if they can, if they can spook Uyangale and, and get him to throw him the ball a couple of times, I think... I think that'll help them. Yeah, I think the best strategy is just to get as much pressure in the backfield as possible. Don't even worry about coverage. Because uh, theoretically, your strength as Notre Dame is on offense, which is hard to say. I mean, Clemson has one of the best defenses in the country. They didn't look good last week against Boston College, but Boston College is also a very strong offense, <laughs> which is weird to say. Um, but yeah, I think... I know, right? Who would have ever thought that? I think uh, if I think if Notre Dame is going to win this game, though, they've got to get in the backfield. They got to get in Uyungle's head, or is that? Yeah, I think I got it right that time. And they got to stop ETN from running on them. So they got to be sending blitzes and just shutting down the run game and getting in Uyungle's head, and then not worry about the fact that occasionally you're going to give up a long ball because you had a bunch of guys not go back into coverage and just, and just hopefully by shutting down the run game, you can make up those points at the end of the day. But that's my take. Um, I don't know as a 
as somebody who's got more coaching experience, I don't know what your thoughts are. Do, 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 do. We lost Andrew again, so I'm doing a little. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know what your thoughts are as far as. Uh... Yeah, again, I think you've got to get close to turn the ball over. That that's the key. It's, it sounds so easy. <laughs> it sounds so easy. I, I think it does. And, you know, turnovers I, I do often think involve a lot of luck. Um, especially for a team like Clemson that I don't really believe turns the ball over very much at all. So I mean, they had a really bad one against Boston College last week, but that was very yeah, that was a very freak circumstance. So yeah, they don't they don't do it very often. Um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I think that pretty much is it. Uh, the other tough part is that if they do lose that game, Notre Dame's toughest part of the schedule. Clemson has their easiest part of the schedule in the second half, and Notre Dame has, like, their hardest by far in the second half, where they got to go Boston College, Wake Forest, UNC. Those are going to be some tough games. So, you yeah, might... I mean, Wake's 4-2. Yeah, I, well, dude, Wake is a great team. They had some weird losses early on. Obviously, they lost to Clemson. They had a very strange loss to NC State, which I think was due to turnovers and due to, I think, just early injuries in their secondary. Since then, they've really put it together. I think Wake is a very solid team. Uh, yeah, but I think that's pretty much it. Do you have any other games you want to cover um, before you uh, – we move on. <laughs> Wisconsin Purdue got canceled. That's kind of sad. Yeah. Um, well, I would talk about them, but I can't seem to pull the schedule up because my internet decided to shit itself again. Yeah. What's the deal with Wisconsin? Are they risk? Is this like a COVID thing? I th- yeah. This is the second game in a row canceled due to COVID positive tests. Uh, are- if they have to cancel another one, they are no longer eligible for the Big Ten title. It's good news for Northwestern, I guess. Really good. <laughs> um, yeah, that would open up the West in a lot of ways. Yeah, I seem to remember this discussion. So this really sucks for Wisconsin. Um, hopefully they can get their shit together because we know, or we think we know they're a good team. The only game they've played is against Illinois. <laughs> this is what we're saying this a lot this year. We think we know, but... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like the Pac-12. Like, we don't know anything about the Pac-12. <laughs> they haven't, well, it's hard to say when it's been like a full year, you haven't played anybody, and all your players are completely new, and they haven't even gone through training yet. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, anyway, I think that pretty much wraps us up. You got anything else to say, Andrew? No. Yeah, I'm excited to have an off week where I just kind of lounge around and watch football and not really be too emotionally invested in anything. Well, we've also got some fun matchups, especially, you know, starting Friday night. Um, not even the yeah. BYU-Boise State game. You, theoretically, Miami-NC State could be fun. Theoretically. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think NC State still got an injured quarterback, so that probably will uh, not do so hot. All right. But, yeah, um, thanks, as always, to our listeners for tuning in. And I'll let you go, Andrew, because uh, – uh, you're probably going to hit another technical difficulty any second now. So, y'all have, y'all have a good rest of your night. Bye, everybody.